0: Welcome, 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 welcome guys, welcome to Inside Center News Podcast. I am Ori, your host, Ori Saboshi Mike, <clears throat> and today I'm going to share with you some um, news happening in black communities yeah, uh, affecting black people. So without further ado, let's get right to it. There is this article that they ran today about R. Kelly, um, the legendary R&B singer, uh, considered as uh, the king of R&B in this modern age. So the title of this article reads, Michael Avenity says he has new tape of R. Kelly sexually assaulting 14-year-old girl so that's the article guys uh, you can um, uh, find it on uh, you can read it you can find it on um, you can find the article on com so I'm gonna try to read you the article the whole article it seems it's a short article um, so it reads, attorney, uh, Michael Aveneri on Thursday claimed that he has given a videotape to prosecutors that he said shows musician R. Kelly sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl. And before I continue to read the article for you guys, um, i am gonna talk uh, about something if you are new on this uh audience uh what happened is i read the articles that's what basically i do i read articles affecting black people uh, uh or affecting other minorities and i gave my personal analysis you know as a black conscious man who hosts this podcast uh and also want to welcome you um on this podcast you're welcome uh to you know make your comments you can email me at orisbushimak at mail dot com i repeat ori which is my first name a u r y Sabushimike which is my last name S A B U S H I M I K E at Mail.com or you can mail me at uh, another email that I uh, happen to have it's inside Center news podcast at gmail.com. Uh, the second email, I repeat, is Inside Center News Podcast, which is my, the name of this podcast. And you add at gmail.com. So I'm, co- I'm going to continue to read. Um, the high profile attorney said in a statement that he recently recovered a previously undisclosed VHS tape of the singer, whose given name is Robert Kelly, engaging in multiple sexual assaults of the girl. Quotation, the tape which is clear is approximately 45 minutes in length and has never previously been publicly disclosed or until recently provided to law enforcement. Avenery said in his statement Avenery told Half Post that the tape was recorded in Chicago in the late nineties when Kelly would have been in his late twenties or early thirties. Uh so and they just attach uh in the article, you know, Aveneri um uh official Twitter account with His whole testament, you know, uh, he uh, wrote to uh, uh, alleged prosecutors. I'm not gonna read the whole um, um, statement he wrote to prosecutors. You guys can read it. I'm gonna just read the whole article. CNN, which viewed the video, said the tape appears to show our Kelly engaged in multiple sex acts with a girl who purely refers to what she calls her 14 year old body parts. CNN's description of the video suggests the girl appeared to be actively participating in the sexual acts. Nevertheless, if the girl was 14 at the time, the incident may amount to sexual assault or statutory rape the age of legal consent in illinois is 17. kelly's attorney steve greenberg said in the statement that he wasn't aware of any allegations until thursday quotation i have not been contacted by anyone connected with law enforcement nor has r kelly greensburg said in his statement. Quotation, Mar- uh, Mr. R. Kelly denies that he has engaged in any illegal conduct of any kind whatsoever. Avenary is representing three individuals in connection with sexual allegations against Kelly, including victims and witnesses he told Have Post. He said that he have gave the tape to Cook County, State's attorney Kim Fox, a representative for the prosecutor's office, told AFPOST that they cannot confirm or deny any investigation. Um, the description of the tape sounds familiar to a video that surfaced in 2002 which reportedly showed Kelly sexually assaulting an underage girl. The 2000 video, eventually turned over to prosecutors. Kelly was acquitted of charges related to the 2002 incident six years later. In 2017, BuzzFeed News published an explosive report alleging that Kelly operated in abusive sex cult. The shocking accusations of abusing sexual assault made headlines again again recently with the release of the lifetime docuseries, quotation, Surviving R.K., which interviews several women who said they were abused by the musician. This story has been updated by, uh, with Greensberg Comments, So, and it was written by Haley Miller, one of the reporters. With half post guys I'm adjusting my mic well I would say is this is a um, my personal statement um is that it's very strange mr venery is really involving in this case is he's, he's really you know investing in his in this case because it has nothing to do with you know the case he has been you know uh involving himself you know, as a private attorney, you know. So I would say that, you know, it may has to do with politics because this guy really is always, you know, thirsty of um, attention, or media attention. So obviously he's, he's looking to make his name by any means necessary, even though he may need to lie. Do I doubt his findings? Yes, I do. Because obviously, look, there are, you know, thousand musician, or even hundred thousand musician who happen to be like Caucasian who have done uh, what our curry uh, has been accused of. And there have never been in judicial prosecutions um, regarding these musicians, regarding these actors, regarding these. Um, businesses, people, um, so, all oh, these politicians, you know, taking consideration, Clinton has been accused of a lot of things, of, um, protecting child rapist. you know, um, Jeffrey, uh, the billionaire Epstein, he has been accused, and he even pleaded guilty to, uh, uh, child rape uh, or oh, was it was it child rape I think it may have may uh, have to do with uh, sexual trafficking something like something similar to that do I believe Valkyrie is guilty no I think he's not guilty I think what's happening is uh, what we are experiencing what we are witnessing is the destruction of black identity uh, the black image you know so the same thing that they did to Bill Cosby you know they did to Michael um, Jackson I was going to say Michael Jordan, no but Michael Jackson has been accused and even until today they keep accusing him of uh, uh, pedophilia which he has never done they keep accusing child um so and some crazy stuff out there so it's all lies you know we have to be really, um, in position to understand we have to learn to understand this is a global white supremacist power they are at the edge of collapse you know it doesn't sound like it, it doesn't look like it but I can assure you they are really on the edge of the collapse So part two of um, this podcast session, uh, well, I just said part two, but it's not part two. It's just like I'm going to move to another news article, so I'm going to have to try to make a pause and record another session. And at the end of the recording session, uh, I'm going to, you know, um, piece them together and, uh, you know, put it out. Uh, as one recording session, as one podcast segment. So bear with me. The second story has to do with uh, Republican, uh, no, actually, uh, Representative, uh, Elan Omar. Um. She made recently a comment about um, Israel and she wrote on Twitter, it's all about Benjamin's baby. So in reference to a representative who allegedly is backed by Israel. So what I will say is this, um, Democrats have been coming heavy on her, uh, um, making her to apologize for the tweet, uh, she put out there, um, and she did apologize. Uh, was I surprised? Yes. Uh, was I shocked? Yes. Um, I think what we as black people who, you know, done and, and, uh, should have never done is to sit idle and, um, Uh, not protect her because obviously even though she became a representative she's still vulnerable she's the first black muslim to be elected you know uh, in the congress and uh, she's uh, on the top of that she's a non-born american citizen so She's really vulnerable and we should have been in a position of protecting her. She should have never apologized because there's nothing wrong. Israel has been uh, a country that has been uh, training uh, U.S. law enforcement tactics to harm and uh, kill black people more um, efficiently so there have been reports of that uh, Israel is uh, trying to deport uh, uh, black Israel who live uh, in Israel who are Ethiopians by are origin of Israel uh, they are entitled to that country uh, but Israel has been trying to deport them back to Ethiopia uh, they have been a sex but they really are a bunch of racist the israelis the jews who live in israel they are a really bunch of, uh racist who are ready to shoot kill dehumanize black people so she is vulnerable she's a muslim who happens to be also a black person original from africa born and raised in africa she see she really is vulnerable and we should have been in position to protect her uh i think there's a disconnection between her and black community partially because you know she's somali and somalia now always being fueled you know in black society as you know people who you know are uh, should be part of the leadership because the image of somali that being portrayed in media it's a very bad image so that's what i think that's my personal analysis on this one part three coming out stay tuned So the third article uh, it's about a, um, a first uh, black woman as supreme court chief justice in state of North Carolina so the title of this article reads North Carolina to have its first black woman as Supreme Court Chief Justice. That's the title. Uh, you guys can Google it. I'm gonna read the whole article. Bear with me. It's not really a real long article, it's a short article, so quotation. It is not all lost on me historical factor, especially given that this is Black History Month, Cherry Belet said or Be however you want to pronounce it yeah North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper, Democrat, on Tuesday appointed Cherry Beastlet to be the chief justice of the state Supreme Court. Bisler will be the first black woman to hold the position. She said, quotation, I hope that in some way my service inspires young people, especially, but I really hope it shows, it's a show of symbolism for where we are in North Carolina, quotation, she added. This is not suddenly not the North Carolina of two hundred years ago. Uh she even tweeted. Uh uh so her name on Twitter is Justice C. Bizzle. Uh she tweeted yesterday on February thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Uh, I'm grateful to the Carolina governor for appointing me to serve as the next chief justice of the Supreme Court of North Carolina I'm truly honored by this confidence in my abilities to successfully lead the Supreme Court and the, the judicial branch when I continue to, to read the article I just finished to read the Twitter statement she wrote uh, on Twitter um, so with the article Uh, he continued to read. Bisler has served on North Carolina Supreme Court since 2012 according to the North Carolina Judicial Branch website. She previously was an an associate judge on the State Court of Appeals and serves as a district judge before that. Bisler, who said to assume her new position in March, replace Chief Justice Mark Martin. Uh, Martin announced his retirement early this year and plans to become the dean of the Regent University School of Law in Virginia. The News and Observer reported This appointment, appointment will go through the end of 2020 and her seat will be up for election for a full Eight year term next year. According to the Associate Press, Besley who is a Democrat and veteran Associate Justice Paul Newby, a Republican reportedly are both planning to run at that time. Cooper praised Beasley in a statement on Tuesday. Quotation, Justice Beasley is a well-respected jurist. And I know her to be fair and deeply committed to viewing all North Carolinians, all North Carolinians, apologize for that, uh, equality through the eyes of the law. He said, quotation, quotation, I appreciate Justice Beasley's willingness to serve the people of our state in the critical role. Apologize, guys, it's my cell phone it's receiving uh, some notification um so the article was written by kimberly richards uh uh she's a trans reporter with half post so my um personal analysis on this one is in you know, a it's a great thing it's a great thing always it's a good thing and it's uh a progress in march always, every time, you know, they appoint, you know, people of color, especially black people, because the uh, judicial system does not really um, treat us fairly, it does not really uh, uh, give justice fairly compared to other ethnicities. So it's always good that so long, you know, they're not, for the betterment of white supremacists. So as long these black appointees are not for the betterment of white supremacy, it's always good to bring people of our color, of our race, you know, in position of judicial uh, system, judicial branch, uh, judicial power to bring justice, to serve justice, to deliver justice, because that's all. It's about that's all it's about. So, I'm very, very, very happy to hear about this news. Um, So, I'm gonna really move to another uh, article. So, part four coming up. So the part 4 it's about Bill Cosby so there's a, this article that just came out uh, this report um, the title of this uh, report reads: Bill Cosby is not remorseful because he did nothing wrong quotation so again it's on halfpost.com you guys can read it and there's even a small video Uh, which is great and I'm gonna play it for you guys so bear with me I'm gonna count on uh, three and I'm gonna play it for you one two three and it's on
1: for mr. Cosby mr. Cosby has shown no remorse
0: Guys, apologies, I thought it was just an interview. Uh that that was my understanding, but you know, this just was like a transition of words of what happened, you know. Um I thought it was just like an interview though. Um anyway, I'm gonna read you the article. Um bear with me. His spokesman, Andrew Wyatt, gave a rare interview describing the disgraced comedian's life in prison. Bill Cosby is having an amazing experience, quotation, in prison, according to his spokesman, Andrew Wyatt. Quotation, despite the circumstances, he said, this is an amazing experience, Wyatt told uh NBC Ten Philadelphia in series of interviews uh published this week. Uh guys, I think there is a like a link attached to the NBC uh 10 Philadelphia. Let me play for you. There must be a video for it. Bear with me
2: one of television's best political comics in a stand-up comedy performance. Seth Meyers. The latest Paul Show,
1: President Trump, has an approval rating in the low 40s, which means he's probably about to dump it for one in the low 20s.
3: From the hottest show on late night comes Seth Meyers in his live stand-up comedy performance. Second show added by overwhelming demand. Friday, February 22nd, the Keswick Theater. Tickets are on sale now at AXS.com or KeswickTheater.com. Hillary Clinton continued her. Thanks
4: for nothing, tour Deeper Into the Woods. Seth Meyers.
5: At 11, NBC 10 is giving you the first detailed look at what life is like in prison for
6: Bill Cosby.
7: Right now, the 81-year-old is in a maximum security prison in Montgomery County. Cosby was convicted of drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constand. You see there with the light gray jacket on. Dozens of women have accused the comedian of similar unwanted encounters, something he vehemently denies. Only NBC 10's Aaron Coleman sat down with the only person to visit him in prison other than his attorneys. Andrew Wyatt.
6: He looks really amazing.
7: That from the man who spent every moment with Bill Cosby during both of Cosby's sexual assault trials in Montgomery County. Andrew Wyatt's been Cosby's right-hand man for almost a decade. Even now, Wyatt's on the payroll, visiting his boss every other week.
6: He's down to 195 pounds. He hasn't eaten any bread, no dessert. And he hasn't drank any coffee since he's been in there. Now, the the funny part about it, Mrs. Cosby has been trying to stop him from drinking coffee for 55 years. And she said it took this to stop him from drinking coffee.
7: The visits take place here at SCI Phoenix, the new maximum security prison in Collegeville, Montgomery County.
6: Right now, uh, I'm his only visitor outside of his attorneys. And that's the way he wants it.
7: So Camille Cosby has not
6: visited? She has not visited him. Uh, He does not want her to visit him.
7: Wyatt told me Cosby prefers to speak to his wife by phone, three times a day for three minutes, the most he's allowed. And Cosby's day begins before dawn.
6: He said, wake me up at 3.30 a.m. They wake him up at 3.30 a.m. and he exercises. He's in his cell, he does leg lifts, he pushes up against the bed and does push-ups to stay in shape. He showers and he waits for breakfast.
7: Food that he wrenches off thoroughly to cut down on the sodium. Wyatt says it's what he does with every meal.
6: He puts it in a little cup, he walks over to a sink, he runs water in the cup over the food, shakes the, f- the food up and drains it. And he does that three times and he eats the food.
7: When you hear him describe how he's surviving, what do you think?
6: Uh, he's mentally strong, he's just a strong man.
7: The last time we saw Andrew Wyatt and Bill Cosby together was the day Cosby was led away in handcuffs. What was that last ride like on the way to
6: sentencing? Look, Mr. Cosby had prepared himself. He prepared all of us probably three four months before sentencing. And he said, look, this guy has a vendetta against me, and he's going to throw the book at me. He said, so I'm ready... I'm prepared, I'm ready to go in, don't worry about me. So he knew what was going to happen? He knew, he knew.
7: Every day since, Wyatt says Cosby is all about making the most of his situation. He doesn't have a cellmate, but other inmates are assigned to help Cosby get around, mostly because of his age and the fact that he's legally blind. And Wyatt says he enjoys talking to them, hearing their stories, encouraging them.
6: He said he's... Despite the circumstances, he said, this is an amazing experience.
7: Did he really use the term amazing
6: experience? Yeah, he used the term amazing experience.
7: Wyatt says Cosby's received thousands of letters in prison, even thousands of dollars that strangers have put on his books at the prison.
5: Cosby's lawyers are appealing his sentence, citing 11 alleged errors by the trial. judge
0: guys and that's the end that's the end of this short video report on bill cosby i want to continue to read uh, the article i'm almost done um he added that when he visits the disgraced comedian in the maximum security state correction institution phoenix in montgomery County, pennsylvania he's not sad he's not remorseful because he did nothing wrong. Cosby is serving a three to ten years prison sentence after being found guilty last April of drugging and sexually assaulting former Temple University basketball coach Andrea Constant. Wyatt ad- added that. Other than him and Cosby's attorneys, no one visits the former Cosby show actor. His wife, Camille Cosby, doesn't visit because, petition. That's the way he wants it. Word said, according that, adding that Bill and Camille Cosby speak on the phone three times a day during a sentencing. Uh, The disgraced comedian was declared a sexual violent predator, which means he has to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. More than 50 women have accused the veteran entertainer of rape or sexual assault, but most of the alleged offenses were too long ago for criminal prosecution. Ask about the dozen of other women who have accused Cosby of sexual assault. White responded, woman do lie. Cosby awaits a second sexual assault trial for allegedly molesting a minor in 1974 at a Playboy Mansion party. The trial is set to begin in October. So that must be probably in 2019, I believe. So, uh, guys, my personal analysis is there is uh, nothing new about uh, Bill Cosby trial. Obviously, it's a travesty. Uh, as Jay-Z will say it's a travesty uh, when it comes to the uh, American judicial organ. They're always trying to railroad, you know, a black man, a successful black man so there's nothing really new, um, so it's very unfortunate that Bill Cosby has been railroaded, uh, uh, with what he has done for the black community, but I'm not surprised, again, it's white supremacists, it's a global power, they have all the means to take you down, and, um, but well, the good news is some of us do know, you know, and some of us are trying to educate ourselves to know more how to navigate through this global power of white supremacists. That's all I can say about this, you know, uh, news. Part 5 coming up.
8: for president of
0: the United States of America guys as you just heard the part four, it's about Cory Brooker uh, um, looking uh, to pick a woman as his uh, um, potential VP if he wins the 2020 uh presidential US presidential election so um the part four news article i'm going to share with you reads Cory Brooker, quotation looking to women first for potential VP peak. uh he said recently uh to Russia uh Rachel Maddow uh, you know the famous MCNBC, um journalist host of the Rachel Maddow show I believe uh, he said to her quotation I believe there should be a woman president right now the New Jersey Senator told Rachel Maddow and this news article was written by Amy Russo uh, it was published yesterday so it's just a day ago uh, that just passed so I'm going to play um, here the video when he says that he's looking into choosing a woman and I'm going to read um, choosing a woman as uh, the next VP uh, uh, for the US uh, president if he, he wins the presidential ele- uh, election next year in 2020 so I'm going to play the video um They have a short video So it talks about I hope it's a short video If it's a long video I'm going to have to Pause it You know We will see We will see If it's like More than 20 minutes I'm not going to play it Because this podcast session Or this podcast Small segment is not about Corey Brook It's about Sharing with you guys What's Happening In black communities And other communities So Bear with me I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna play for you guys. And again, you can find the news article on Half Post. And I'm gonna repeat the name of the news article. It's called Cory Brooker Quotation Looking to Women First for Potential VP Peak. Okay, one, two, and three.
1: With us is Democratic Senator and presidential candidate Cory Booker, Senator. Thank you again for doing this. It's really
8: great to be here. Thank you. This is a, a tremendous presidential platform uh, to come to. So it's good to be
1: yeah, here. I didn't ever mean for that. To yeah. I have to <laughs> not think us. about that, or I can't come to work in the day. I, I can't I'm put going. it together. But let me ask you about the big field that you are joining. Um, A lot of women, and especially a lot of your women Senate colleagues, are already running. Um, You are blessed among women uh, in in the field right now. If you got the nomination, would you commit to choosing a woman as your vice presidential running
8: mate? I think it would be malpractice. Uh, uh, I'm not going to make any specific commitments, but we clearly should have— I believe there should be a woman president right now, and it Mm -hmm. worked very hard to get one. But we have such a great field of leaders. I think that you will— Rarely see a Democratic ticket anymore without gender diversity, race diversity. I think it's something that we should have. So I'm not going to box myself in, uh, but uh, should I become it, you know I'll be looking to women first.
1: I know that you have positive relationships with some, if not all, of the other people who are running on the Democratic side. Certainly I've heard that from everybody else about you and about each other. What do you expect the primaries going to be like? What are you hoping for? Can, it be, can it be competitive and tough and trying?
8: look We have great people running. This is actually an abundance of riches for the Democratic Party. I hope that whoever wins, we all support. Mm-hmm. It's really important to me that we have full support of whoever that nominee is. But uh, I'm just confident to tell my story, let people know I have a very unique pathway to running for president, coming from a inner city, managing it during, through a crisis with great results. So I'm hoping that people will support me for who I am in the spirit of, look, it's not just about beating Trump. It's not just about what we're against. It's got to also be about what we're for. Uh, bringing this country together to solve serious problems, and if people want to support me, here's my plug: go to CoryBooker.com and, and join the effort, join the fight.
1: Cory Booker, Senator from New Jersey, uh, my friend, thank you. Thank you. To be here, thank you. This is. Cory Booker, Senator, thank you again.
0: So that's the end. Apologize for the pausing and all that. Uh, just trying to, you know, put on the right track. I'm gonna read you the article, I'm gonna share my personal analysis on this potential candidate actually on the presidential candidate because he has announced that he'll be running uh the article reads let me fix my mic here Senator Cory broker Cory broker just a democratic from New Jersey, said his quotation looking to. Women's First as potential running mates for his 2020 presidential campaign. Booker, who two weeks ago John Wall has already become a crowded democratic field, talked about vice presidential running mates on CNBC Tuesday night. Though he avoided specifics, Quotation, I believe there should be a woman president right now, and we have worked very hard to get one. But we have such a great field of leaders, Booker told Rich Amado. I'm not going to box myself in, but should I become it? You know, I'll be looking to women first. He said. Booker also expressed pride in the gender and racial diversity of the democratic field of 2020 contenders. adding quotation, I think it's something that we should have. The Senator launched his campaign at the start of Black History Month with a video reflecting on the fight for civil rights and a message of unity and equality. Guys, What I can say about Cory Brooker I think he's An amazing candidate And he will be a a Phenomenal uh, President Personally I'm going to vote for him Uh, I'll be a citizen American citizen At that time And um By 2020 I'll be a citizen Because I'm going to sworn in This year Hopefully that It will go well Praying God Every single day Um But I would say that, um, people have been criticizing, my personalities on this one is people have been criticizing him because he has received allegedly money from big farmers. Well, people have to understand, you know, when you are a black, um, candidate, you know, you don't, and you don't have the financial means, well, everyone who's going to come to support you you know you have to take all the support in order to look in order to affect change you know you need to walk with all the people you can walk with even if you have if you have to walk with lucifer and flesh you, you have to do that as long as you do not compromise and i don't think he has compromised, i don't think he will compromise you know, um, I'd rather work with him than work with Bernie Sanders, who always, when he he's always ask about uh, immigration, uh, and he's always mumbling his words, knowing that immigration has built this nation. You know, somehow, partially, it has, not fully, but partially has. So I'm not biased, I'm just speaking from my own heart, you know, and I'm not going to encourage anyone just to vote for Booker because I want to vote for Booker. No, I just happen to choose Booker as the um, right candidate for me that I will be voting for. So part five coming up. Part 6, guys, of this podcast session, uh, it's about a story that happened in San Francisco jail uh, where women complain uh, about the humiliation and illegal strip search You know they have to endure, they have to experience. So the news article reads, and again, it comes from halfpost.com, <laughs> Women complain of humiliating illegal strip searches in San Francisco jail. Female inmates claimed they were forced to get naked, squat, and cough while male deputies washed. So the news article uh the title of the news article it's called, Women complain of Humiliating Illegal Strip searches in San Francisco Jail. So, I'm going to read you uh, the whole news article. It's a very small news article. Um, uh, so, it reads, Women incarcerated in San Francisco Jail said they were forced to strip naked in front of male deputies in a violation of state law according to complaints released by the San Francisco Public Defender's Office. The California strip searches of Inmate must be conducted in an area with privacy and with no one of the opposite sex within sight. Jeff Adaki San Francisco Public Defender filed a formal complaint with the San Francisco Sheriff's Department in January after hearing reports from women about the searches. His office collected the stories of 16 women who said they experienced inappropriate strip searches inside County Jail No. 2 which is the only jail in San Francisco city that houses women. About ninety percent of the women had they were have yet to be convicted of a crime, Adaki said. Quotation While strip searches are a in or prison setting, they can be arbitrarily carried out or carried out in a way that is unreasonable without any basis he told AFPost. quotation based on reports that we were receiving the grounds for the strip searches were questionable and the way they were being performed with male guards in the eye shot and other inappropriate conduct by the deputies raised some red flags for us at least 12 women reported that there was strip search in locations where they were visible to male deputies. Most of them asked to withhold their names from the former complaint due to the fear of retaliation. One woman described how she was asked to get naked, squat, cough, and lift up, both breasts. With eyesight of several male guards and other female inmates, she reported making eye contact with a male deputy during the search. Afterward, she told the lawyer the deputy informed her and other inmates that that he didn't have a girlfriend and that he found some of them attractive. Another woman reported that she was searched next to a toilet containing unflashed blood, urine, and feces. She worried that being strip searched near an open door allowed for the jail cameras to film her naked body. Quotation, our concern is that the sheriff's department does not appear to be following a consistent protocol in conducting these strip searches, Araki said. Our clients felt like their privacy, although limited because they are in custody, was being violated. Many women said they were founders. They found the strip searches distressing, using words such as especially degrading, humiliating, violating, and unusual. San Francisco Sheriff Vicky Hennessy has launched an investigation into the allegation. Women in jail are the fastest growing segment of America's incarcerated population. They are overwhelmingly poor and low income and have high rates of trauma, mental and physical illnesses and stories of subsistence abuse, according to a 2016 report. This report uh, well, or this news article was written by Melissa Justin, she's a senior reporter of half post guys my personal analysis on this one is that um women are always marginalise. No question to that. They always marginalize outside the uh, prison fences they're always marginalized they're always discriminated you know um so with them being the cell uh and being very at the mercy of these gods of these um really unhinged gods, they became easy targets, and you know obviously they are have low income. They don't have uh, hundred thousand to spend on uh, fancy lawyers, amazing lawyers, powerful lawyers within um, courtrooms. So they became very vulnerable. And uh, and what uh, I think most most of them must be black because black people make up. Um, over 51% of the uh, prisoner population here in the U.S. So I must bet that most of these inmates were black or even, you know, all of them must have been black or brown or a little bit both. But most of them were black. I bet on this one, even though the report does not really say a lot. But I hope that in the coming days, in the coming months, in the coming years, we're going to, learn more about this incident um so it is very unfortunate that you know women are not being protected just because they uh go in the jails they go in prison don't mean they don't have the rights they're not this they should be stopped they should stop considering you know uh that oh we should stop considering them as uh, human beings that's really wrong because we both know most of them they are uh you know accused of you know minor um offenses and sometimes then they are wrongfully accused it's just because of the color of their skins so that's my personal analysis, and it's very horrible that these things keeps happening, though. It's very, uh, really, um, crazy, you know, very crazy. Port 6 coming up. instead of part six, it's actually part seven so there's this story um, coming out from Japan by the AP archives news organization but it was republished by half post and the title of it it's 13 same-sex couples in Japan sue for equal um martial rights on valentine's day that's the title of the article this this article and it was written by maria yamaguchi so i'm going to read the article for you guys uh it's a little bit like a long article but it's not really that long so i'm going to read it for you anyway it's fine Gonna have some fun. So, I always do, right? Tokyo AP, uh, parentheses. 13 gay couples filed Japan's first lawsuit challenging the country's rejection of same sex marriage Thursday, arguing the denial. Uh, deny uh, violates their constitutional right to equality. Six couples holding banners saying, quotation, Mar- marriage for all Japan, walk into Tokyo District Court to file their cases against the government, with similar cases filed by three couples in Osaka. One couple in Nagoya and three couples in Sapporo. Plenty of Kenji Aiba, standing next to his partner Ken Kozumi, told reporters he will quotation, “Fight this war together with sexual minorities all around Japan”. Aiba and Kozumi have held onto a marriage certificate they signed at their wedding party in 2013, anticipating Japan would emulate other advanced nations and legalize same-sex unions. That day has yet to come. And legally they are just friends even though they have lived as married couple for more than five years. So they said so they decide to act rather than waiting. "Quotation." right now we are both in good health and able to walk, but what if either of us has an accident or becomes ill? Question mark. We are not allowed to be each other's guarantors for medical treatment ought to be each other's hair. Kozumi a 45-year-old office worker, said in a recent interview with his partner, Aiba Furi, quotation, progress in Japan has been too slow. 10 Japanese municipalities have enacted, quotation, partnership, ordinances for same-sex couples to make it easier for them to rent apartment together among other things but they are not legally binding japanese law are currently interpreted as allowing marriage only between a man and woman in a society where pressure for conformity is strong. Many gay people hide their sexuality, fearing prejudice at home, school, or work. The obstac- the obstacles are even higher for transgender people in the highly gender-specific society. The Supreme Court last month upheld the law effectively requires transgender people to be sterilized before they they can... Have their gender change on official documents? The LGBT equal rights movement has lagged behind in Japan because people who silently, not conforming to conventional notions of sexuality, have been so marginalized that the issue has been, a con- hasn't been even a human rights problem expert say many people don't even think of a possibility that their neighbors colleagues or classmates may be sexual minorities said Mizuro Fukushima a lawyer turned lawmaker and an expert on gender human rights issues and the pressure to follow a conservative family model in which heterosexual heterosexual couples are supposed to marry and have children is still strong. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and his ultra-conservative supporters have campaigned to restore a paternalistic society based on heterosexual marriage. The government has start a moral education class at school to teach children family values and good deeds. Whether to allow same-sex marriage is an issue that affects the, fondam- the foundation of how f- families should be in Japan, which requires an extremely careful examination, Abe said in a statement last year. The ruling Liberal Democratic Party has repeatedly come on the fire for making remarks deemed discriminating, discriminating against LGBTQ people. In Japan party veteran Katsui Hirasawa said quotation, a nation will be collapse. A nation will collapse. That's what I meant. If everyone became LGBTQ, last year, another ruling lawmaker, Mio Shugeta, was condemned after saying in a magazine that the government shouldn't use tax money for the rights of the LGBTQ individuals because they are, quotation, not productive. But while the law and many lawmakers lag behind, public acceptance of sexual diversity and sex same-sex marriage has grown in Japan. According to an October 2018 survey by the advertising agency Dentsu, more than 70% of the 6,229 respondents aged between 20 and 59 years old say they support legalizing same-sex marriage. Some companies have adopted policies to extend employee benefits to their same sex partners. A few women's universities have announced they will start accepting male to female transgender applicants, and some schools are allowing both boys and girls to choose between trousers and skirts. Increasingly, genderless public toilets are becoming available for, quotation, everyone. Aiba said he feels a bit, quotation, scary to go public and is worried about possible repercussions, but he and Kozumi decided to act on behalf of their peers who are afraid to coming out because of the discrimination and prejudice that we still face, quotation quotation it will be our dream comes true if our marriage certificate is accepted one day aiba said quotation we want to make that happen pressure for change mounting japan's refusal to issue spouse visas to partners of same sex couples legally married overseas is a growing problem forcing to temporarily live separately. A group of lawmakers is lobbying the justice ministry to consider a special visa for them. In August, the American Chamber of Commerce in Japan and its counterparts from Canada, Britain, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand call legalizing, legalizing same-sex marriage, saying Japan lose out, Uh, lose out because talented LGBTQ people choose elsewhere to work. The primary goal of the lawsuit filed Thursday is to win martial equality from same-sex couple, but transgender people are hoping for such a change, which would eliminate the need for anyone to be sterilized so they can get married. Associate Press, well, I apologize, not Associate Press Archives, to so publish published by Associate Press Journal. Uh, so the journal is, with the Associate Press mm. Journal, Kaori Hitomi contribute to this report. Guys, um, so that's the end of this report uh, my point uh, my personal analysis on this one is that you know Japan uh, is uh, a communist country even though it it's, seems to be an open country uh, compared to China it's still a communist you know country with communist values. so it's a real struggle for people who are LGBT uh, well part of the LGBTQ plus community so it's really a big big struggle but I mean to me uh, this is a start it's a really a uh, uh, big start you know uh, it's an amazing uh, you know journey for people even to sue of the Japanese federal government you know w- um, who have been uh, preventing them to uh, live freely, you know, so this is an amazing, actually I'm going to share with my friend Matthew, pretty sure he's going to love it, so, pod, part, part eight, stay tuned, coming up. Guys, for the part seven, it's about um, the investigation, the Catholic, the convenient Catholic school, uh, the Kentucky uh, Catholic school. You know, remember, just launched an investigation a few weeks ago regarding one of the one of the students who uh, confronted a Native American by mocking, you know, uh, the Native american uh the old American vet who were chanting for peace who were chanting for harmony um uh, when marching uh uh to washington you know um uh to lincoln memorial um so in washington. So there's even a small video. Uh this article it's called Investigation Initiated by Says claims to exonerate Covington Catholic school boys. I'm not surprised no, I'm not surprised. We are dealing with uh racist people arrested people in suits so i'm not surprised there's a, a short video uh a short report video i'm gonna play for you guys so stay tuned i'm gonna count uh to three and i'm gonna play for you guys and i'm gonna after that i will read the article and in the end i'm gonna just you know um at the end of this uh small podcast segment i'll just record this part seven um i will give you my personal analysis so i'm gonna count to three stay tuned one two and three
9: Right now on 11 at 11, Covington Catholic High School is back in session tomorrow. The school reopening in the morning, but there will be extra security measures in place.
5: The school closed after receiving a string of threats stemming from these viral videos of the confrontation there between CovCast students and a Native American activist in Washington, D.C.
9: Nine on your side Jake Jake is joining us now. He's live with the specifics behind the new security plan. Jake.
4: Yeah, we do know that that security plan was vetted at the local level all the way to Homeland Security. I want to give you a look at what we're dealing with right now. You can see already, even into the evening hours, Park Hills Police as well as Fort Wright Police have uh, the entrances and exits to Covington Catholic blocked off. We've seen about 10 officers patrolling outside the school. Now, 9 on Your Side has obtained the letter sent to parents and students. That school will begin at 8.30 Wednesday morning, and students are going to be arriving around 8.00. Now, from a security perspective, police will be in the parking lot with the front doors in the building throughout the day and into the afternoon and evening activities. All of the students are going to be uh, able to park in the main lot, and we do know parents dropping their kids off will follow normal drop-off and parking procedures. And we also know that no visitors are going to be allowed inside the school unless otherwise scheduled. Uh, during the school day students and faculty are going to be meeting in classrooms to discuss the events and the plan moving forward as for the afternoon activities they will go on as scheduled that is according to that email that was sent out now it also states that if parents do not feel comfortable uh sending their son or student to coming to catholic high school tomorrow that they understand that uh, this is a very difficult time period and they understand that situation for now reporting live in park hills jake ryle nine on your side
9: all right jake thanks so much for that now as we first told you last night police are investigating threats against the school and some individuals the threat- Started surfacing after these videos that is went viral, and the students were in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life, which was happening at the same time as the Indigenous Peoples March. The first video that surfaced appeared to show the CoveCath students mocking Native American activist Nathan Phillips. The longer videos showed Phillips actually intervene as another group made racist comments toward the students.
5: Well, more new developments tonight. Twitter has suspended an account that helps spread a video of the encounter. The social media site prohibits the creation of fake and misleading accounts. It says del- uh, deliberate attempts, that is, to manipulate the public conversation on Twitter by misleading account information is a violation of Twitter rules. Also new tonight, we just learned the White House has reached out to the CubCath students involved. White House spokesperson Sarah Huckabee Sanders says the White House is showing its support for the kids.
4: No one understands better than this president when the media jumps to conclusions and attacks you for something you may or may not have done.
5: Sanders also goes on to say the students could be invited to the White House once the government shutdown is over.
0: Guys, you just heard the nonsense. So I'm going to read the uh, article. uh, for you guys, seems to be a long article. Uh, I'm gonna. Re- I'm not gonna read the whole article because there's nothing new, except they were just cleared. I'm um, um, gonna just try to make it short. <clears throat> so, it reads. A Kentucky Catholic bishop claims a third-party investigation has cleared convicted Catholic high school students of any wrongdoing during a confrontation with a Native American elder at the Lincoln Memorial that went viral last month. Covington Bishops Roger Foyce told parents that he was, quotation, pleased to report that an investigation, <coughs> apologize for that, initiated by the diocese and conducted by a Cincinnati Detective agency has accomplished exactly what he expected, ex- exonering, quotation, our students so that they can move forward with their lives. In truth, quotation, taking everything into account, while our students were placed in a situation that was at once bizarre and even threatening. Foyce wrote in a letter Monday. Their reaction to the situation was given the circumstances accepted at one might uh, expected and one might even say laudatory. The agency said, you know, um, the Black Hebrew Israelites group, quotation clear, addressed offensive statement to the student, but that they couldn't find evidence that the student responded to the group with their own offensive or statement. Investigators also found no evidence that the student chanted, build the wall, as Phillips has suggested. Or made offensive or racist statement to Phillips or other members of the activist group. The high school in the and the DSS were the focus of a peaceful protest from Native American groups in January. The DSS claims it has received threats of violence in the wake of the controversy. Foys now claimed the investigation demonstrates that the Round Catholic school student did not instigate the incident quotation. This young school student, young high school student, could never have expected what they experienced on the step of the Lincoln Memorial while waiting for the buses to take them home, the bishop wrote. Their stance was surely a pro-life stance. I commend them. That's what the... Um Bishop said, guys, my personal analysis on this one is that it's b s nonsense uh I'm not buying this bull crap uh, bullshit crap uh because um um and by the way, Anko allow us our host a podcast to curse. I'm not a person that's like to curse, but let me just say, it's BS, bullshit, it's nonsense. Um, What I would say is this, um, it's not clear though, you know, what happened, but one would assume, one who's unbiased would assume that this student really did confront, you know, I did watch a you know a small segment with the black history we really say oh you guys are the next white supremacists are the next white judges who are going to imprison our own children you are the next politicians you are the next cops who are gonna shoot and kill our black children there's nothing wrong with saying that because these are really grown students you know they know the right and the wrong you know in life. So, are you telling me this student they don't know that police brutality, or police oppression, you know, it's something real to black people, you know, and brown people sometimes, not every day, but sometimes they know. So, let's not act like these are really uh, children. They're not children, they are grown, you know, adults. You know, they may not be 18, but they are really grown people who knows the right and the wrong of the life. So that's my take on this part. Part 9. Part 9 is about a story of a man who befriended uh with his son's murder in his family so it's an amazing story guys it's a story that half post rain yesterday on February 13th 2019 and it was written by Jehan Jones so i'm going to try to play the video uh but before i do let me see if um there's not just transition was that there's like an actual video you know people can watch uh but in the case of the audience uh, you guys are gonna have to listen because you know obviously it's a um it's an audio podcast obviously you cannot watch you know it's not a visual podcast so let me first pause this and see uh if you know um uh, it's a non transition video, a uh, non word transition video. I meant, luckily, it has uh, a non uh, word transition um, uh, format, so uh, you guys gonna be able to hear what the man has to say. Um, so, yeah, and the name of the video actually they call it. He forgave his son's killer and advocated for his parole. Uh, So I'm gonna count from one to three, and you guys are gonna be able to listen. Uh, And also, I'm gonna have to read the article and also uh, share my personal analysis on this article. So stay tuned. I'm gonna count to one, three, uh, to three. One, two, three. Three. and it's on
10: <clears throat> my son's name was Tariq Kamisa. he was murdered on January 21st 1995 and he was 20 when he died my son's killer's name was Tony Hicks he was 14 years old when they killed Tariq Tony made a decision at 14 which took him less than a second he's 39 years old still in prison how did we as american citizens create a society where children kill children Well, there are victims at both ends of the gun Tariq was a victim of the 14 year old the 14 year old was a victim of american society tony hicks was the person who murdered my son over the last 24 years i think i've taken the fatherly role with him as well Harika uh, was gifted with a great sense of humor. You know, he laughed very easily, an art student, and worked on Fridays and Saturdays as a pizza deliverman to make some extra money. And he was lured to a bogus address in North Park. So when he got there, he knocked on many doors because he did not know who'd ordered the pizzas. And of course, nobody had. So he came back to his car, and it was, accosted by four. Uh, Youth, youth gang members. Three of them were 14-year-old, and the leader of the gang was an 18-year-old who handed a 9-millimeter handgun to a 14-year-old, gave the order, and he fired one round, which came through the driver's side window and entered my son's body right here under the left shoulder blade. The bullet followed a perfect path. It destroyed all the vital organs, and Tariq died a couple of minutes later, drowning in his own blood over a lousy pizza at the age of 20. I got a call from Homicide that said that uh, Tariq had been shot and killed. I thought it was mistaken identity. didn't make any sense. So I very quickly hung up on Homicide and called his home. He had just gotten engaged with his girlfriend, Jennifer, and she answered the phone. Because she she couldn't say anything. She was just sobbing. And I remember I lost strength in both of my legs as I collapsed to the floor, curled up in a ball. I never felt pain like that. It was, you can imagine a nuclear bomb detonating in your heart. And the pain was so intense and so excruciating, I had my first out-of-body experience. I believe I went into the loving embrace of God. And I don't remember how long I was gone for. But when the explosion subsided, God sent me back into my body with the wisdom that there are victims at both ends of the gun.
3: stages of his challenging life Tony refers to me as daddy and uh, I've always been daddy Uh, as his grandfather he had been really exposed to a lot of gang involvement and it was really topped off by his uh, one of his favorite cousins being murdered in a hail of automatic weapon fire at the hands of rival gang members there in Los Angeles and his being killed was such a traumatic shock for Tony that my daughter had determined that he would come to live with me in San Diego. Well, that wasn't a cure. Tony, at this point, is 14 years old. He's in middle school. He's in 8th grade. Struggling. We were sitting down one night talking, and I could tell he was very angry. And I asked him, well, what are you going to say when you're confronted with that situation somebody offers you a handgun and it tells you to shoot somebody? What are you going to do? Oh, I would never do that. Okay. I said, well, you understand the feelings that you have are not unusual you're just angry and fed up we all get angry and fed up but the issue is what are you going to do about it
5: we begin tonight with the sentencing of tony hicks he is the 15 year old
10: trigger man in the killing of a pizza delivery driver
7: the youngest person ever charged as an adult in california
10: i started the foundation nine months after the tragedy is named after tarix for the Tariq Kamisa foundation with the mission to stop kids from killing kids by breaking the cycle of youth violence. And then soon after I started the foundation, I asked a district attorney that prosecuted my son's case to introduce me to Tony's grandfather. I didn't have any fear of meeting his zinkamisa. And I remember distinctly knowing
3: that looking in this man's eyes is where I'm going to be fixed because I want him to understand that I feel the need to be receptive and be supportive of what's happening, to him, even though I can't even imagine the pain that he's
10: experienced. And I told him, I'm not here screaming, you know, revenge or retribution because your grandson killed my son. Rather, I'm here in the spirit of compassion and forgiveness, because what I really see here is we both lost a son. I can't bring my son back from the dead. And there's nothing you can do to get Tony out of the criminal justice system. The one thing we can do is to make sure other parents and grandparents don't have to go through what you and I are going through. And he was very quick to take my hand of forgiveness. But I figured that for me to complete my journey of forgiveness, eventually I had to come able to able to Tony. I told Pless, I said, I'm now ready to go meet Tony. He was in a new Folsom prison by Sacramento. And we were together for an hour and a half. And at one point, we locked eyeballs. I'm looking in his eyes and he's looking in my eyes. And we held that glance for what seemed like a very long time. And I'm looking in his eyes trying to find a murderer. And I didn't. So at that point, I told him, Tony, you know that I've forgiven you because I've been working with your grandfather for over four years now. And I want you to know that when you come out of prison, you have a job at the Tariq Kamisa Foundation, and you can come work with your grandfather and me. And I remember that as I was leaving the prison, there was this big weight that had lifted off my shoulder because at that point I knew that I had completed my journey of forgiveness. And the big thought in my head as I was leaving the prison is, why did I wait five years?
7: Good morning, Hilltop. Good morning. This, This man's grandson, Tony Hicks, shot and killed this man's son, Tarek Kamisa.
10: It's not about Tariq and it's not about Tony. We're here for you, because every one of you in this room is a very, very, very important person. Let me ask you this. How many of you in this room have lost family members as a result of violence? Put your hands up, yeah? Yeah, many of you. Now let me ask you this. How many of you would want revenge if a family member, like a brother or a sister, was killed? How many of you want revenge? I get this, and I want to acknowledge that. Would revenge make things better or worse? 23-plus years later, we're still together, and I have a lot of respect for Place. He's been by my side, by my support, he would do anything for me. He's always told me that, I have your back, and I trust him. Yeah, he's as close to me, as I often say, as my own brother. So, thank you, brother. I mm-hmm. can't put words that mean enough about Azeem's generous hand of
3: forgiveness, and how that's affected all of us, and that compassion. Something that again will stay with me as long as I live. And that's why we're here with the kids, is to give their love back so that they understand they are loved and cared for. Them. And any
10: challenges they have, they're loving adults who care for them and want to be of assistance to them. I truly believe peace is possible. How do I know that? Because I am at peace. And my portal to peace was through forgiveness.
3: Please repeat after me. I pledge on my honor, I pledge on my honor to be a peacemaker a
0: peacemaker in my home, in my school, and in my community. I am a peacemaker. I am a peacemaker. I am a peacemaker. 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 Thank you so much your job. Guys, you just heard. So I'm gonna read the article for you guys. Uh, again, I'm gonna repeat the title of this article uh, just for the purpose of this recording session. Um, why this man befriended his son's murder and his family? So I'm gonna I'm gonna read the whole article because uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it's not really a, a long article, so I'm gonna just read it for you guys. Uh, <clears throat> bear with me. Tony Hicks killed Tariq Kamisa 24 years ago. Then Tariq's father and Tony's grandfather forged an unlikely friendship. Try this experiment. Take a moment and ask yourself whether you can name the most recent mass shooting incident in United States. Do you know where it took place? With a question mark. Can you name any of the latest shooting victims? Question mark. Can you name a single shooting victim from the past year? Question mark. In the U.S., the frequency of gun violence Means we have to grapple with seemingly unending list of victims, most whom we have never met, and whose names we will never know for these victims' families elevating their loved ones and affirming. Their wealth is such an environment can be like swimming upstream. Azim Kamisa remembers all the details in he, of his son's murder in 1995, and his life goal is to make sure you do too. Busting Bones, with the fall of Tariq Kamisa. On January 21st, 1995, 20 years old pizza delivery man named Tariq was out on delivery in North Park, California, a San Diego suburb. According to a court testimony, soon after Tariq arrived, he learned he, he had been given a real address but a fake apartment number. After knocking on a few different doors, Tariq headed back to his car with the warm pizza in hand. As he seated he, he himself and prepared to back out of the complex, a group of three fourteen years 14-year-old boys acting under the command of an 18-year-old with them descended on his car and demanded Tariq Give them the pizza. When Tariq refused, the 18-year-old leader gave an order to one of the younger boys, "Bastin Boys, quotation, he said, using the boy's nickname. That night, Tariq Camisa was shot and killed, as his father recalls, quotation, over a lousy pizza. A single bullet traveled what doctor referred to as a perfect path, in quotation, destroying his viral organs. As it happens, just month, just months early, a California law had gone into effect that lowered the age at which one could be tried as an adult from sixteen to fourteen. This meant that Tariq, Tariq, apologized. Tariq, yeah, I've been saying Tariq, apologize, Tariq, Camisa's killer, 14-year-old Tony Hicks, will become the first child in California charged as an adult for murder. I had my first out body experience. Azim Camisa on the aftermath of his son's death, he said. Azim and plays." There is a for detail in Azim Kamiso's memory of his son's death, he recalled. For example, being in disbelief when detective contacted him with the news. I quickly hung up on homicide, he said, quotation, and called Tarek, fully expecting him to pick up the phone. He also remembers being immobilized by the realization that he had lost his only son. I was in my kitchen, and I lost strength in both of my legs as I collapsed to the floor, curled up in a ball. Quotation, Camilla said, Camisa, not Camilla, Camisa, apologize. He frequently likens the sensation to nuclear bombs detonation in his heart. I had my first out experience, he said. In quotation. For the grieving father, what followed was a spiritual journey. Kamisa, a Sufi Muslim, contacted his spiritual teacher for guidance and later went on personal, on personal retreat to Mammoth Mountain, California. There, he said, was where he discovered how and why I wanted to live the rest of my life. In quotation. That's when he reached out to Place Felix. Uh, please, oh, please, Felix. I think that's please of oh, Pleas. It's P L E S Felix. The grandfather of Tarek's killer, Tony Hicks. Felix is a former Army serviceman who became Tony's guardian when the boy's young mother could no longer raise him in the violent streets of South Central. Los Angeles. He has an old fashioned coolness about him. He's gifted with a natural storyteller's rhythm, a distinctive way with words and syrup southwestern droll. Butch quotation, as Felix was affectionately called in his native Los Angeles, developed a reputation early on as a stern yet passionate man. His daughter, Tony's mother, believed the stable structure in his home would suit Tony well. But over time, Tony's grade slipped. Behavior incident at school recurred, recurred, uh, and the boy's anger began to mount. His grandfather sat with him for a frank heart to heart. Daddy, quotation, I feel as though if I can get away with with it, I will do anything. Felix remembers his grandson saying, I knew immediately immediately what he meant. Guys, I apologize. Um, I'm too long and having difficulties because I'm recording uh, at 8 18 in the afternoon. So it's a little bit late and. uh, when i'm reading and it's night um, always sometimes i always oh probably sometimes have difficulties reading long articles at night apologize for that um over one evening i meant felix returned home to a note in his dresser He read quotation daddy i have run away love tony it was january 21st 1995 when Felix located his 14-year-old grandson at a friend's apartment the next morning he was hesitant to enter um, apprehensive about what might await him instead he reluctantly called the police when officers arrived they emerged from the apartment with Tony but they told Felix he wouldn't be taking his grandson home He later receives a call from the president, quotation, in quotation, um, Mr. Felix, I'm sorry to inform you that your grandson, Tony Hicks, is our promised suspect in in a murder that took place this past weekend in North Park, the officer said. (laughs) Felix remembers grappling with the news, quotation, the idea that my grandson was out there, and committed murder killed another human being it was unthinkable he said in the following months felix leaned heavily into his own meditative techniques much like azim kamisa his southern baptist roots led him on his own journey for answers until months after the murder azim kamisa called. The, um, the, the Tariq Kamisa Foundation and Tony Hicks. Kamisa contacted Felix through Tony's public defender. His personal journey made clear to him that he needed, uh, that the need of forgiveness, Kamisa said, quotation, God send me back with the wisdom that there are victims at both ends of the gun. When he and Felix met in the attorney's office month, months after the shooting, I meant, Kamisa extended a hand of forgiveness and offered Felix an opportunity to join his newly founded non-violence organization, the Tariq Kamisa Foundation. That was an answer to my prayers, uh, quotation felix remembers he credit camisa for harbouring an energy that makes the companionship possible guys it's almost the end I'm almost done uh with the article bear with me a minute and quotation Azim is my brother Felix said he's always been my brother we just didn't know it it just, hap- it just so happens that tragedy reverses the true nature of people. This year, the Tariq Kamisa F- F- Foundation celebrates its 24th anniversary since its creation. Azim, his daughter or police, and their supporting staff ha- have shared their story of tragedy forgiveness, and solidarity with more than 4 million kids across the country. Kamisa says the process of deterring kids from violence is our collective responsibility, and he doesn't wish ill on Tony for his actions. Instead of blaming Tony, Kamisa focuses on the circumstances that made him. He urged people to direct their anger toward the suicidal forces that forced many young men to join gangs at the age of four at age 11 i meant that's the real culprit he said in quotation azim kamisa met tony hicks for the first time five years after tony murdered Tariq. he has visited several times since serving as a confidant of soror to hicks who is now 38 years old in in 2018, Hicks was eligible for parole. He will earn his GDY spending 22 hours a day in a cell in Pelican-based prison. At the hearing, Camisa was among those who spoke on Hicks' behalf urging, urging forgiveness. He described Hicks as a changed man with a great deal of work left to do, but that work is suggested had to be done outside the confines of a cell when his hearing ended hicks was granted parole should california governor gavin gavin news museum democrats sign off on his release hicks will be freed this year into the arms of his daddy and a truly unexpected friend and when he's ready There will be a job waiting for him at the Tariq Camisa Foundation. We have talked to a lot of kids in that middle school age that I know we have saved. Camila said, in quotation, but Tony will save many, many, many more. The video for this piece was produced by Chai Dingari. And that's the end of this News article, guys. I'm repositioning my microphone because I was, uh I had in my own hand, so just for the purpose of reading the article, so I had to move my, my microphone so I can read um, while I'll be sitting, relaxing, relaxed. Um. So, guys, uh, this news article is part of the U.S. news section on halfpost.com. And it's an amazing article because obviously you teach us to be kind of one to another and you know you may be in a position of someone who may have done wrong who may have killed one of your you know family one of your friends one of your closest people and to be able to forgive that really requires courage because not everyone you know um of us not every not all of us um can accomplish that, can do that. Uh, I salute uh, Mr. Kamisa because he seems to be a very courageous person. I hope he stays that way because I mean, who knows? I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, but he may harm him after he get out of the jail. That may be a long shot he may have played in order to get uh, close to um, Mr. Tony. So, I hope that generally, he's not a person who's looking for a revenge uh, with what happened with his son. Uh, So, because that would be unfortunate because, you know, if he was able to really, really uh, pardon on him, uh, really um, uh, cope with what happened with his son by forgiving Tony and his family. So... That really it's uh, um, an amazing, it's a blessing uh, uh, from God, from heaven and I hope that he really uh, means he really uh, mean what he's saying, what he's truly believing, what he's been fighting for over 24 uh, uh, years. So I hope he stay. Uh, on this uh, track because you know it will be devastating if he tries to harm Tony after advocating for his release after fighting for him to be free to be free from the chains to be free from the jails, cells so yeah I'm truly really hoping truly praying that Mr. Kamisa is Now playing uh tony's family and tony's and as well the judicial um organ the judicial uh, uh, power that you know so uh that you know he's not really looking to harming tony's and tony's family so i'm gonna share a last part of this podcast session Uh, And I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to publish. So stay tuned. Again, it's Ori Sabushimak, the host of Inside Center News Podcast, airing on Enco FM. Mm -hmm. So, the last part of this podcast session, this podcast segment, is part 10, right? And it's about a story uh, on blacklesbianlovelab.com. It's a very interesting story. Uh, It was published on January... um, 19 2019, so that's probably yes, January 19, 2019, a month away. Uh, almost a month away. so so obviously it's a discussion between uh, gender the transgender person and the lesbian person so uh, there's the video it's a youtube attached uh um, on the website so you can even uh google it on youtube uh it's called uh trans folks welcome in the black lesbian community with a question mark in the end so i'm gonna play it with you it's a uh, four minute forty four seconds uh long so i'm gonna play with you i'm gonna play the video uh you guys can listen and in the end i'm gonna give you my personal analysis so stay tuned i'm gonna count to three and i'm gonna play it one two and three
2: You guys stay over there kind of thing. So it's it's important to have these conversations, or, or they just feel as if um, we should create a space for ourselves.
7: Mm. Yeah, and that's the that conversation that I've been hearing, which is that you know, if it's a woman's space why would someone who's transitioning feel comfortable or, or offended that, you know, women would want to congregate? And for me, I just kind of wonder if it's like, so part of the conversation has been, and of course you can, you, of course you share with me your thoughts and, you know, the other panel members will, will jump in eventually. Mm-hmm. But one of the thoughts have been, you know, um, that this is home for a large part of your life that was home that's right that's why that felt comfortable and why should you not
2: be welcomed home that's right because majority of the time um we can look at the lesbian woman let's say right she was uh allowed by right to say okay well she once identified as a straight woman let's say with males now all of a sudden you've entered the community and you're identifying as bisexual you found your place you're identifying as lesbian you're you're identifying as gay or the the new age stud or whatnot you found your niche you didn't go to the end you didn't go and create your own separate thing because you switched uh and labeled your status under lesbian or gay or bisexual so why is it now that um the trans person needs to all of a sudden detach from that community once their identity changed i mean i look at it this way the trans person has literally experienced themselves going from the spectrum from lesbian gay bisexual whatever you call you may call it so why should we now just Hop off the train and 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 go about our business. This is where we we felt like home, you know. This this is home before um, the lesbian identity took form as well, right? So if she decides to exit, like the bisexual female, and say she no uh, she wants to be with uh, a man, should she go and create a community out there? And, and, and leave it only for the by the by a uh, sexual woman no it's still home for her she can still come back she can still identify who she is and, and be in the community and we want the same thing too because out there in the world it, we all know it's it's very um it's very toxic our family is toxic our workplace is toxic and I can speak a lot on on my workplace issues I mean I, I've been through way too much in two thousand eighteen, but I've I've gotten a lot of success out of my story as well. Uh, I was able to get a gender neutral washroom in my workplace for fighting for that. But um, not to go off topic, that's someone I'm not trying to leave. I'm trying to support the lesbian community. I haven't forgotten them and and I'm sure trans folks, uh, some I'm not sure If there's some out there who feel we we should part ways as well, but that wouldn't be community. Why? That wouldn't be community. So we need to stick together.
0: So guys, that's the end. That's the end. Um, uh, it looks like just sh- just a short video they just posted. I wish uh, um, it could have been longer. They would have uh, posted the longer because it's a very interesting conversation uh, they had, and it was between a transgender black transgender male so female to male transition uh uh who was you know having a insightful conversation with a lesbian uh black lesbian woman so uh my take on this one is this is that this comes back to what uh I uh, always say on this podcast is that it all has to do with the dominant society. The dominant society always trying to create a confusion in our brains, you know, because there should be an issue between black trans people and black lesbian people because we are the same you know the only difference is the sexuality you know we i mean i'm saying we as even an ally even though i'm not a black trans person or i'm not a black lesbian person i'm an ally to the community to, the, to both communities to one community the lgbtq plus community so we are the same you know there shouldn't be an issue because if they're marginalized, you know if they ma- if if black trans male and female marginalized, even though it was it was a conversation between a black trans male, you know she, he was also talking about uh, trans female who are mistreated too. It, you know if these white racist people are. Uh, discriminate them it really has not much to do uh with the sexuality it really has a lot to do actually with the gender i'm not saying they don't discriminate too with you know them because of their sexuality it does but uh mainly it's because the race so people really should learn that you know uh it's mostly about the race but uh, the dominant society always trying to make about, you know, about the gender, uh, so they can divide uh, the black transgender community, uh, the uh, black lesbian community, the black bisexual community. So, yeah, we just need to be careful. We need to take care of ourselves in this subject because they're always trying to pin, uh, the pin actually uh on each other's throats and that's really wrong because we are all the same we're all black people at the end of the day and we should be loving and caring you know uh each other's to each other's so guys thank you for tuning in i'm gonna wrap it up i'm gonna wrap this podcast segment thank you for tuning in uh again it was Ori Subushimike Ori A U R Y Subushimik S A B U S H I M I K E and you are listening to Inside Center News Podcast airing on Anko Fm. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate um I think it's uh recording of an hour long an hour almost two hours or probably two hours I'm not quite sure but it must be like an hour or 20 or 30 minutes and if it's two hours it's great um uh, thank you for tuning in I really appreciate it. don't forget to subscribe to like and share on your on social media accounts uh, and if you can every donation is welcome $5 $10 20 uh 15 8 7 $6 it's all welcome here thank you again it's for the purpose of smoothing the process of recording this podcast of uh, uh doing and doing more interviews, doing more researches. And uh, before I end, I want to share about uh, the Pills Alley interview I was supposed to uh, publish a few days ago. I have been unable to sit with him uh, because I have been able actually to hear from him. I tried to reach out to him. Uh, He hasn't responded back. Um... I understand he's a public official and he, you know, he's always running around uh, doing uh, public advocacy. I really understand that. and I don't hold any grudges. Uh, for the time being, I'm going to focus on doing more podcast sessions, recording, and also try to get more people on this podcast. So, uh, and if I get a chance to sit with him, I will you know, record, you know, a podcast with him. I really, really would do an interview with him. So hopefully this year I'll be able to sit with him and go in depth what's happening uh, in this state of Maine uh, when it comes to black people, when it comes to minorities, when it comes to queer voices, uh, when it comes to immigration. So... Uh, I'm really hoping that, you know, I'll be able to sit with him. And regarding to Dante, the interview I was supposed to drop uh, with Dante, but it it turned in the end that, you know, I had a a, a technical difficulty. Uh, I'm really hoping to record soon with Dante, to have a s- sit down with Dante again. And I'll be able to drop it soon. So, thank you guys for tuning in, and I'm out.